0: Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. I'm going to start my message off with uh, one of the most important um, verses in the Bible and, uh, and I want, if you guys know this, you can, you can quote it with me. I'm not going to read the whole thing, so stop when I stop, all right? And after I'm done saying what I'm saying, you're done quoting it with me. I'm just trying to coach you here, all right? All right, you guys ready? All right, when you start, when you catch what it is, you can start just saying it with me, if you know it. It's Matthew 6, verses 9 through 10. Jesus said, In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's say that last part again. On earth as it is in heaven. How many of you guys know that that is God's will? is on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. And we, we focus a lot of our, of our belief systems on, the, on, on Ephesians 2.6 where it says that in Christ we've been seated in the heavenly places. Amen? Because at the end of Ephesians 1, it talks about how Jesus was, he ascended and He was lifted above every principality and power and dominion and that He was seated at the right hand of the Father. And then it goes right into chapter two, and it says, We've been raised with Christ, and we've been seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And and I, I'm just gonna, I wanna just toss this thought out to you. This is not what I'm preaching on, but it it actually comes forth from this. That um, that your spirit, if you've been born again and Jesus lives in you and you're in Christ, that your spirit, man, is literally. Uh, It it is grounded in Christ in heaven, okay? Like your spirit, whether you feel it or not, okay? If you're born again, your spirit is in union with Jesus Christ and he's seated in heavenly places, so your core starting point in the spirit is actually in heaven, okay? But God chose to, to wrap you in flesh. He wrapped your spirit, man, in flesh, and so your flesh is physical, it's made, it's made of the earth, right? Because God created man from the ground. He, he gives us flesh, it's one with the, with the earth, and so uh, he, he made us spirit beings that are seated in heavenly places, but our bodies are actually in this natural world. And so your spirit is in your body, but it's, it's weird, but I, I believe that it's almost like there's this, almost like a portal that we are in the spirit where we're we're anchored in heaven, but we live in this earth. So guess what Jesus is thinking about you walking around in this earth? You are His conduits to bring heaven to earth. (laughs) Amen? You, you, You are the carriers of heaven to the earth. And so God wrapped us in flesh, put us on this world, so that we can be people who come from heaven, but we take dominion in this earth realm. So he actually has given us dominion to bring his kingdom into the earth realm. So when Jesus came and he started his ministry and he started preaching, the first thing that came out of his mouth at the beginning of his, of his preaching series <laughs> for three and a half years was the kingdom of God is in your midst. He said, repent, for the kingdom is in your midst. Come on. Eventually, Jesus also said that the kingdom of God is within you. It's within you. How could the kingdom of God be within you? Well, let me tell you. You're seated in heavenly places. You're in it and it's in you. Amen? And so as we as we understand that we can live... From heaven to earth, we get to stay connected with the heaven realm, and that is our spiritual reality that we need to come to terms with. We need to come into understanding of that reality, and when we live from that place, and we know that God wrapped us in this flesh and put us in this earth, it's because He actually wants us to bring that into this place. Spirit and flesh. uh, Flesh is not a bad thing when it's under the blood of Jesus. Okay, it's actually a good thing. He gave it to us so that we can have it to bring dominion into the, into the natural realm, the, the earth realm. It's some good stuff right there. Okay, so God has actually brought us to this earth so that we can bring the kingdom of God because the kingdom is within you, but he wants us to not just stay in the place where the kingdom is just within you. He wants to get it out of you by getting it through you. Okay, so, so he doesn't just want the kingdom in you, he wants the kingdom in your midst. Okay, so he wants you to live from the kingdom and release it to the world around you. The kingdom is in your midst. Okay, you guys, you guys catching that? Yeah. So we, he wants us to live from heaven to earth, from the inside out. All right, so that's, that's where I think from with everything that we're going after here. This past Wednesday night, we had, uh, we had our church meeting here. We've been doing a, a video series by Bill Johnson called Born for Significance. And this message this week was called The Promises of God. And Bill said that promises define our destiny. I want to say that again. Our promises define our destiny. He also said that when God gives a promise, it's like He goes into our future and comes back to us with a word that will get us there. Amen. Let me say that one more time. When God gives us a promise, it's like He goes into our future and comes back to us with a word that will get us there. Isn't that awesome? He said a pretty cool thing, huh? I said that to you for the past two weeks, guys. <laughs> I did. You remember I was talking about how, how there's the Kronos timeline and there's the Kairos timeline and that God lives in the Kairos and that's the place where heaven, the, the dimension of heaven has the grace to catalyze us into the things of God that he's already created and he, like what, what we haven't seen yet, he's already been there and done that and so he lives from that realm but then he comes to where we are in normal timeline, past, present, future and then he'll show us what he's doing where he's trying to take us, but he, he's already been there because to him, it's already finished. Because at, on earth as it is in heaven, to God, he's not still doing the stuff in heaven that he's trying to accomplish. He's already accomplished it. Jesus said it is finished, amen? And so God lives in the it is finished realm where everything is already done, but then he'll, go, he'll come to where we're at on the Kronos timeline and he'll tell us promises from the place where he's already made things done. And to God, it is already an inheritance that he's already given to us. It's called a promise. So he'll come to where we're at in our timeline and he'll tell us about that so that we can know where we're headed. And so promises, uh, the, the prom- he said the promises, um, I lost my spot, the promises define our destiny. Our destiny is the destination that God has crafted ahead of us for us to become that thing and to become manifested in our lives, okay? So, so when, he, when he shows us the things of what he's already accomplished in the heaven realm that hasn't happened on the earth realm yet, those are promises to give us a direction of life to go towards, and then we live it out. And every time an obstacle or a resistance or demonic interference tries to come against us, We have to go back and remember, well, God said that, and to him it is already finished, and because he said it's my inheritance, to him it's already a done deal. So when I'm going to fight this thing, I need to know that it's not my battle, it's his, and the battle is the Lord's, and that he knows that it's already accomplished, right? So whatever tries to resist me, God knows it doesn't have the power to stop me from getting there if I will stay the course all the way. Come on. Good preaching. Thanks, Bill, for backing me up. 1 <laughs> Timothy 1.18, Paul was talking to his spiritual son, Timothy, and he says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies. Everybody say, according to the prophecies. To the prophecies. Previously made to concerning you that by them you may wage the good warfare. Everybody say, wage the good warfare so when you get the prophetic promises that God has for your life that to him it's already a done deal because in heaven it's already finished but we still need to see it come to pass in the chronos timeline that we need to know that any resistance or anything that tries to get between me and that to cause me to never get the promises of God I need to know that is a promise it's a prophetic promise it's already my inheritance and so anything that comes against me I can fight it and I can crush it because I'm not going to listen to something else that tries to tell me that can't be mine when God said it's already mine okay so it doesn't matter how hard the devil tries to work against you if God said it he will do it if you do your part to walk it out in faith and obedience okay good words so I've been on this long series of, of talking to you guys about the prophetic promises that God's given us for overflowing what he's trying to do right here in this church, in this region, and what I'm trying to do, I've been laying it thick, guys, I thought this was going to get done in one sermon. I think I'm on number six right now, and I won't be done today, I don't think, okay, because I'm realizing the depth of this stuff, I don't want to just gloss over it and bullet point factors. I want to actually try to paint the picture for you so I can hopefully impart it into your spirits. And hopefully the Holy Spirit will unlock your mind so that you can have understanding of greater things than what we're seeing right now. So I'm trying to cast vision, I'm trying to help you guys to see the, the dimension of God's promise, and what He wants to do is way bigger than what you feel, see, or hear right now. Okay, but God's trying to help us, to, He's trying to unlock our understanding to greater things yet to come. It's yet to come for you and me. For Him, it is finished. And God, He doesn't just call it a calling, He calls it Promises. He's like, I want to gift you with this stuff. Can you do the journey to get to it? Okay? And, and, and the Lord has put this stuff deep enough in my spirit that I am determined to not let the things that try to get me to quit. I'm not, I, don't want to let it, I don't want to let myself quit. The stakes are too high. The, the stakes are too high. It's not just about me. It's about you guys, and it's about many people beyond you that you don't see right now wants to do a move of God right here in overflow in this city and in this region he wants to do greater things than what we see now or what we've ever seen before and and I have seen this stuff in my spirit realm and in encounters with Jesus in heavenly realms I've seen stuff and I can't go back all right I, we, Jessica and I left Bethel in one of my favorite places in the world, and that is my spiritual family and my spiritual covering. And we left great things to come here for things that God said it's going to get better for you than what you're leaving behind. I don't know what that means fully, but I can dream big. And, and it says in Ephesians 3.20, it says, it says that we need to, that God's able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond all you could ask, or dream of, according to the power that works within you. I can dream big things. I don't want to just come up with my own dreams, though. I've seen his dreams. His dreams are real to him. And so I'm trying to make sure that I keep them real to me, too. Amen? And so there are definitely spiritual battles. There's definitely failures that can happen and things that can try to tell us there's no way we'll ever get there. You're dreaming too big. That's too lofty. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous, devil. He wants to try to make us think small so that we'll miss our inheritances ahead that he knows are going to crush him. Come on. So I've been doing, I've been going after this stuff with you guys. I'm not done. I hope you're not done. We have places to go and people to see. Amen? Amen. So just a quick recap on a couple of things. Last week, I, I, I spent my whole time talking to you guys about a vision I had back in, in July the 3rd, 2017, when the Lord had told Jessica and me that we're going to do this. We've been in the whole journey preparing ourselves for it lots of confirmations, lots of leaders already starting to come into it and and say, we see God on this. Still had more leaders to submit it to. And Jessica and I were feeling anxious this night when we went to bed and like just the fears that come on the unknowns, like this is a high risk um, venture to to say yes to, because we're going to be resigning jobs. We're going to be going somewhere. We don't know if people are going to receive us, all that stuff. I Told you guys all that last week, but but we were working through some anxiety and because of the fear of that we're going to fall flat on our faces, okay. If we do this, and so that night we're crying out to the Lord, God, we don't want to fall on our face. I don't want to do something that you're not doing because if we do, we're in deep doo doo, okay. Because the high risk of this, and and so in response to desperation, the Lord came and and sat on us in the bed and I could feel God in a, such a unique way. He's manifesting himself as the mighty God. My, he is always mighty God, but sometimes he wants you to experience the aspects of his nature. I, I, I encountered almighty God. And then I started having this vision. This glory was on me. I started having this vision. I, I told you guys all about it last week. Real quick, I saw a, a golden colored temple and, and inside of it, there was a great throne, and I saw a river pouring down on it from heaven. And, and as I was looking at this, um, the Spirit of God took me up in the river into the heavenly places. And I, I knew that that river was the river that pours forth from the throne of God in Revelation 22. And the Holy Spirit was telling me that, that He's in what we're doing that the, that he's the one Jesus said I will build my church right upon this rock I will build my church and the lord is showing me that this isn't just Jescas's idea that it's just going to be our abilities or whatever Jesus is doing it he's in it and and it's a picture of heaven on earth all right because that temple was a replication of what already is in heaven So he's showing me that what he wants to build here is actually bringing heaven to earth and building his church that that he sees as his temple. And and I read you a verse out of Ephesians 2, I I think it was 2 or 3, that talked about how the church is his family and that that's where his glory comes in, in his family that's the household of God. And that's what he's trying to build, okay? If you didn't hear it, please go back and listen to the podcast. I want you to hear it. Okay, So the Lord will just give me this vision that, that what, what he's calling us into is actually his work and we get to co-labor with him, but it's going to be bringing heaven to earth. And so it's like He was showing blueprints to us of a heavenly perspective of something that we're going to build that to people might look earthly, right? If you don't go to church and see what God's doing in it, you're just going to see, oh, it's just another church on a Sunday morning and uh, the next one down the block. But when you see what God's doing, you start seeing that actually heaven's trying to manifest in our midst, and He's building something that is, is an extension of what's already done in heaven. Amen. You guys get that picture. And I talked to you about an encounter in the living room that same night when I had to at 2:30 a.m, go calm Livy down, and he revealed himself to me in my living room, and he was looking at me and he invited us into a life of sacrifice and risk that he was calling us to step out of the comfort zone and go into the things that are the unknowns. And the Lord, um, he, he told me that, uh, that this is the place when we step out of the comfort zone in obedience and faith to him into the unknown where you don't know how things are going to work, but he's in it. He said, that's the only place that I'm going to be able to experience the almighty God showing up to do what I couldn't do on my own. Amen? Amen. And this last Wednesday, Bill Johnson mentioned this in the, in the class. He said, fire always falls on sacrifice. Fire always falls on sacrifice. So that's what the Lord is calling us into, a place that was sacrifice, but a place where he could fall and do his work. Amen. Amen. So now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up where I left off. It was two weeks after that last encounter that I just shared with you. It was, it was July the 17th, 2017, which if you guys like numbers, 71717, in case that means anything to anybody, that's just fun. I was in one of my best encounter locations in Reading, which was called Starbucks. The Lord has encountered me some crazy times at Starbucks, guys, it's crazy. Put my headphones on, noise canceling, because you don't want to be hearing that. All the, and then all the loud music. So you have to put the canceling, and then everybody talking loud all around you. I had to put the the noise cancellation headphones on to block that out, put some soaking music on, and I'd just be like this, and the Lord would remind me, seated in heavenly places, and then all of a sudden, glory comes. And this one day, I was there, and Jessica and I have been sorting through all the stresses of the season we're in, you know, working through our own personal anxieties and insec- insecurities and stuff, uh, the, the discomforts of the uncertainty of the season, transition that we were in, um, the, working through the plannings of how we're going to submit our process to our leaders and fears about if they're going to bless it or not. Um, and just all the life responsibility. I was feeling a lot of anxiety and stress this day. So I I went in there, and with the noise cancellation, headphones blocking out, all around me, the presence comes, and I'm like, thank you, Lord, you're pulling me out of this rat race I'm in right now. So I felt his presence. He came on me, and here's what the Lord did in that time for me. In the midst of my anxiety and my fear, stress, shame, all weird stuff that's happened in that time. The Lord showed me how proud he was of me and Jessica for what we are doing. And he said to me, you are great warriors and are repositioning yourselves for advancement. Come on. I mean, we were living in some secure lifestyle for years, right? And now we're like stepping into the... Uh, the, the scariness of the unknown, but we know he's in it. And he said, I'm, th- I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you that, you, that you're repositioning yourself. He said, you're great warriors, and you're repositioning yourself for advancement now. Come on, that, that really encouraged me. So he encouraged me about our level of courage to be willing to do that, okay? And I want to just say this about courage, that courage is not the absence of fear, Okay, It is the resolve to face fear and to conquer it in order to apprehend what it is blocking. Amen? I'm going to say that one more time. Courage is not the absence of fear. It is the resolve to face fear and conquer it in order to apprehend what it is blocking. So we're in a season of embracing courage when fear was staring us in the face, all right? So God showed me that as we are entering into this repositioning phase, that we are actually, that he just gave me his perspective on us doing what we just knew was obedient, okay? To him, what we were actually doing was creating room for God to come and land on us in ways that are through our lives that he was unable to in the previous seasons, So the repositioning is creating a new place for a new grace to land, all right? So there's there's new graces for new seasons, amen? There's new graces for new seasons to advance the kingdom of God in new ways on that season. So I want to, and then he started showing me a vision. And I'm going to actually, I'm going to invite you guys to ask the Lord to help you perceive the vision I'm getting ready to say, okay, if you want to. So I'm going to invite you right now as I'm going to share this vision with you, I want you to close your eyes if you're willing to, and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to see in the Spirit what I'm getting ready to describe, all right? I began to see a vision. Remember, this was a Starbucks in Reading, but he's actually talking to me about us coming to Indiana to do this work here, Okay? So I, I saw a vision of a clearing before us that we, were, that we are responsible for creating to the Lord, okay? So I want you guys to see a clearing around us, that, where God is for the Lord, and, and on that clearing, God opened the heavens, I saw this, I encountered this, all right? He opened the heavens, and He, and he descended upon the earth with His angels, so I want you to perceive, like even around you, just so you can kind of get an idea of this, okay? Ask the Lord to help you see it. I want you just to envision all around you in every direction. The heavens opened. God is coming down, and his angels are coming down from heaven. And so they're ascending and descending from heaven, okay? And, and what the Lord showed me was like a it was like a city being built by God and his angels. A city being built by God and His angels, not, not a city that was built by the hands of man. I want you guys just to see that and just, just envision like open heavens all around you. God coming down. To, it's like a visitation, all right? It's God coming to inhabit amongst His people and the angels coming down with him. And I'm talking about new angels new graces, new assignments, all right? And a and and city being built all around you. That's what, I, that's what the Lord showed me. For this area, He was showing me what He sees that we're, we're allowing Him to be able to do in, this, in the obedience of this work, all right? So you can keep your eyes closed or open them now. It's up to you. But I just want to say that that is a very apostolic vision of heaven coming to earth and being established it's a work of God, amen? So I felt the Lord's gratitude um, that we are making space for Him to do this work because it is a heaven on earth kind of a thing to Him. Right? That's, what, that's how God sees it. So from heaven, the Father is doing His thing. From the earth, we are partnering with Him, co-laboring so that the, what's going on in heaven is being established on the earth through the partnership, the co-laboring. Amen. You guys get that picture? So I felt like the Lord was showing me um, it, through this that, that our role in this is apostolic, and the sense, in a sense at least, that we need to be aware of what the Father is doing and make room for Him to build His structures with His angels. And I know there's a lot of different uh, teachings and ideas about what the different functions of the fivefold ministry is out of Ephesians chapter 4, but I want to say this, uh, coming from nine years of Bethel, under an apostle, this is what I've gathered, at least, I'm just going to give you like a little piece of it, it's not the whole, but the the, the apostolic, one of the primary roles of that is actually to be very um, heaven-focused. but not, not like heaven-focused detached from this world, but heaven-focused as in what is heaven doing into this world, okay? So it, it's, getting, it's getting the blueprints of heaven, of what God's trying to do on earth as it is in heaven, and then being an architect and, and like, a, like a, what's the word I'm trying, a general contractor. Like an architect, like a, it's like you got blueprints and then your general contractor architect trying to build something, but then you got to have other people come into it and build with you. Does that make sense? So when the Lord showed me this stuff, I felt like he's given me kind of an apostolic perspective of the spirit side, the heaven side of what he's trying to do in, in the calling to do this stuff. You guys following me? The, the apostolic conversation is a big one. I'm not going to spend time on that right now. But I just want you guys to see the pictures God's given. It's a, it's a greater thing than anything that we can do. What God wants to do, it's greater than anything we can do, okay? It's supernatural. However, um, by, and this is by God's design... He's actually given us, as he's put us on this earth to have dominions, right? He, he, gets, he gives different authorities and graces on people for things. And when we operate in our jurisdiction that he's given us, we actually have been given authority from heaven. And we. this is by God's design, his delegate authority. He actually has given us the permission to determine if we're going to allow God to come in to it or not. By how we choose to agree or disagree, we align or, or misalign. We we determine how much of God, God's will gets to come into the earth through us in the domains that He's given us when we when we operate in our lane or don't. Okay? I could go into that a lot, and I, I don't have time right now, but a lot of times, I think people actually desire a different lane than the one he's actually assigned, and you're not going to see the graces of heaven on that. Okay, so we have to position ourselves where he's working. But with that said, the Lord has just shown me, like, because he's given us an authority that maybe the earth hasn't recognized yet, that's, that doesn't matter. The, the, the authority that, that authorizes God to be able to come and build. Um, he said that we're, it's like we're coming here making declarations to him and per, giving him the permits, the permits to come and build. Does that make sense? Because he's given us dominion. It's like, and Bill Johnson described this in the series a few, time, a few sessions ago about how like a landlord owns the house, but, but he's, and he's given the key to the tenant, and it would be illegal for the landlord to come into that house anytime he wants, but if the tenant allows the landlord to come in, then he can come in and do what he needs to do. It's similar, okay? God, it, this is God's earth, but He's given us dominion and authorities and we get to determine if we're going to allow Him to come into the place that He's given us jurisdiction on or not. Okay? I know it's deep stuff, and I th- there's a lot to... to dig into on that it's not my focus today but I wanted to at least say that to you because when the Lord showed me the, the repositioning of our lives giving him a place to land on and I saw that vision of heaven open and angels coming down with him and he's building a city that's not built with the, by the hands of man alright what he was saying to me is you're giving me permission to come into this earth and do something that I have not been able to do before because there wasn't another person who was able to do it because of the assignment on our life. All right? So it's like he's excited. He's been waiting to be able to come and do this thing. Now, that is not to say that he's not doing great, awesome things in this region through other people, but we have our assignment. You hear what I'm saying? We have our assignment. So God's excited about their assignments, and he's got his own heaven-to-earth thing going on with them. But for us... There's the unique thing that hasn't happened in the earth yet because we never got positioned for it yet. And God's excited to bring to earth through us in the domains that he's given us to do something new. Are you catching the concepts at least, what I'm saying? Okay, so that he was expressing his gratitude to me. That we're making space for him to do this work, this heaven on earth Unique thing he wants to do through this, through this ministry. So, um, all right. You guys, you guys understand my heart with that? It's not, it's not to say anything about anybody else, but there's something unique he's doing. And to me, I just thought it was pretty crazy that uh, two weeks prior to this, he gave me that encounter where he's showing me what it looks like, his, his visual of the church being a replication of what of his temple in heaven, okay? So what he's building with overflow. And we didn't have the name of the church at that time by the way. Overflow? We didn't know. But that vision had the river, waterfall, pouring in right? To connect us to heaven. So that what he's got in heaven is being built right here. So, so the Lord showed me that, that week, that what his heaven perspective of the church, that it's a temple, it's a family, it's the place that he wants to dwell in the midst of the people. But now he's showing me this thing where the angels are coming and they're building a city, an invisible city, right? It's like a, it's like the kingdom being built in our midst. That's what that picture means. The kingdom of God is being built in our midst. It's bigger than you know, okay? I, when I, When I saw that vision, I saw angels coming down with scaffolding I saw I saw I beams you know the like the inside structure of the buildings I saw I beams that they were carrying over their shoulders coming down and they were built they're bringing building materials it was like heaven was the staging place for the materials and they're bringing it down and they're building something in the city okay so I just want to say that the, the, I'm convinced that God has great works to do in this church and He also has great works to do that's bigger than just what's happening in this room. He's doing something for the city. Come on. I believe that. I'm just telling you my encounter realm perspective on this stuff, all right? You know, like when you read Zechariah, Isaiah, all those crazy wild dudes, and God pulled them by their hair sometimes. He took them into, a, into another dimension, and he showed them spiritual realm perspectives of things that's going to happen in the natural. Like, that's what this was. So, it's just, it's unfolding, okay? So, anyway, um, God has greater things to do than what we can do but we're partnering with him. I felt like this was a picture of something he wanted, that he's been wanting to do in Indianapolis, okay, for, in, the, in this region, this greater Indy, central Indiana region. Um, and he's thankful that we're coming to, to play our part in the big picture. Pretty cool, I think. All right. So three weeks later... My family was in Indiana. This was in this is the early part of August. We were in Indiana, and I don't remember all the reasons we were here. I think Jessica had a convention for a job to go to, and we did some ministry and connection. But by by that time, we already knew that God was calling us for sure to come here, and we'd already got like the blessing from the right people and stuff. And so um, we were staying in the in the Marriott. You know that big tall one that looks like a giant mirror everywhere all around. We are staying in that, pretty nice hotel, and uh, <clears throat> one afternoon while we were there, I, I was taking a nap, and I had an encounter while I was sleeping, it, it was kind of like a, a dream, but kind of like a vision encounter, It's kind of weird, and, and, and what I saw was the mountain of the Lord, okay, now there's the mountain of the Lord, Sinai, which is the natural, but there's also the mountain of the Lord, that's the spirit side of it, okay, I saw the mountain of the Lord. And and it was tall and it was steep and it went way up into the clouds, and it was right here in Indianapolis. And and the Lord was just showing me like like what like what He's doing greater things than I think we know, okay? Right here. And and I felt like the Lord was showing me that the, the mountain of the Lord was located on the north side of Indianapolis. Now, mind you, at this point, we didn't know exactly where God was going to station us, but we felt like it was probably the north side. And and the Lord was kind of showing me this mountain of the Lord was located on the north side of Indianapolis in the area that we felt like He was calling us to plant, the church. Okay? And and so what the Lord has shown me about this mountain of the Lord was that He's bringing... It's heaven on earth. It's another visual of heaven on earth. All right? And I was getting whacked while I was having this encounter. When you get whacked, it just kind of helps you feel a little more like it probably was God and not your pizza. Amen? So, but he, was, he was just giving me another visual of heaven on earth. And so, when this was happening, the Lord reminded me of the vision I gave you guys already that happened on Yom Kippur 2010 when I was in the prayer house at Bethel. And the Lord showed me I was perched on top of a mountain looking down into a city. And there was a, the eye of the Lord was in the middle of the city. And God said, he said, I'm not going to tell you what city it is yet. But, uh, but, uh, but there's going to come a time when you're going to claim this city for my name. All right. And I was perched on that mountain. And so ever since then, I thought the Lord was showing me that, that he was going to move us to the mountains next to, near a city sometime. So we started praying that he'll send us to Denver or Asheville, North Carolina. But no, no, he sent us to Indianapolis. All right. And so but when this was happening to me, and the Lord is telling me that mountain was the mountain of the Lord. He told me in that encounter, He said, When you saw that vision and you were perched on a mountain, it was not a physical mountain. You were in the heavenly places on the mountain of the Lord looking into a city that you're going to claim for me. Okay? And He reminded me of that old dream I told you guys about that I, that I used to think that the big apple was Indianapolis, right? The big apple. And, and so I had a dream that God was calling my heart to Indianapolis, the Big Apple. And, and then that, I, I talked to you guys a couple of weeks ago about Zechariah 2, the prophecy from that, where God said that uh, the city is going to be a city without walls because you can't put, you, you can't, Um, put perimeters on the size of what God wants to do. He doesn't want to be limited by the walls that man has put around a city. So instead, there's going to be no walls because of the amount of people and livestock that's coming. So instead of of there being walls built by man to hand, I will be a wall around it of fire. And he said, and my glory will be in the midst of it. And then he talked about that city being the apple of his eye, right? So you see how the progression of my encounters and visions all kind of starting to make sense to me now. Because when I saw that city that he wanted me to claim, and I saw the eye, and the Lord was saying, this city is the apple of his eye. Claim it for me. And the mountain wasn't Asheville. <laughs> it's Indianapolis. It's Indianapolis but it's the mountain of the Lord. I'm looking for, it's a a heaven to earth pictures, what that was. Isn't that awesome though? And so the Lord was tying it all together for me and then just kind of a bonus, like uh, if you think about the mountain in the Bible called Mount Carmel, around here, we call it Carmel. Carmel. If you didn't know, it's actually supposed to be Carmel, but we're Hoosiers and so it's Carmel, right? But Mount Carmel was the place that God used Elijah to break the yoke of a regional principality in the nation. Come on. Come on. And so I just believe that God, is He's, he's got great things to do, and it's in Carmel. Carmel. Great place to break regional principalities. Amen? <laughs> come on and so on this same trip to Indiana um, Jessica and I got to meet with a few of our local friends that have been praying for our journey with the Lord and stuff and we asked them to meet us at a play, a park in Carmel Carmel <laughs> people who move here by the way they call it Carmel because they don't know how you really say it Car- Carmel no actually we don't know how you really say it I just get Carmel yes so has anybody ever heard of a park called Cox Hall Gardens? Yeah. It's a pretty cool park. And, and there's a pavilion in the middle. And so we met a few people there so that we could reveal to them the, the thing that God's calling us to move here and do this. And we kind of we just gave them some picture of promises we feel like God's going to do over the course of time with this calling and stuff. So they, they came to pray for us and, and intercede for this. And they started prophesying some things, um, but there's this dude named Siraj Thomas. I don't know if any of you guys have ever met Siraj, but he's a, he's a cool dude. He, he actually was in my revival group at Bethel for a year, uh, but he's a seer. He sees in the spirit realm, and while we were praying, he saw in the spirit angels, he said that were, he saw the angels ascending and descending, but when we're here praying about this, angels started hearing, picking up the wind of what we're talking about, and they, they stopped what they're doing and came over to us with great interest, and they're so excited about what we're doing, and, and an angel came and looked at us in the face carrying an I-beam that you build construction with. I saw that in a vision in Reading. He saw it with his own eyes in real time. Come on. An eye beam. And he said that the, the, the angels came, the Lord is drawing them into this because uh, because they are here to partner with our assignment, with what God's building in this place. That's awesome. When other people start seeing the things that God's showing you, you start realizing this might be a little more real than just a... Bad pizza moment. <laughs> Amen? So to me, that was profound. That he, he literally saw an angel come up to us carrying an I-beam. I've never heard anybody say anything like that before. So that was, that was a strange but unique coincidence to me. So I just, I just want to say, and I'm declaring this to you and in the spirit realm right now, I'm just saying that God has greater things that he's doing than what we can see. All right. I declare to us right now that what he's building in this overflow family, it's greater than just a church. He's got heaven on earth plans, and it's greater than things now because God doesn't just build something and then stop there and it plateaus. Like there's greater things ahead. and we've got to know that, okay? We've got to know it, and we've got to fight for it. We've got to press into it. But he's got greater things. But it's bigger than just the influence within a church body. He actually is trying to build something greater that's city and regional here. Heaven on earth is a city that's not built by the hands of man. He's trying to do something that's greater. He wants to bring a move of God where the kingdom of God is being built and advancing in this region. Amen? Amen? So those are the things that I wanted to give you today, that the Lord he has got great things in store for us. And I just want to say that um, <clears throat> the, the God has plans that are so great to overflow, and it starts at home, but he wants it to overflow into the region. Amen. Okay? So, and, and there's this amazing quote, I, I don't know if it's Jim Elliott or one of his buddies who said it, I can't remember who, who originated this quote. But he says, the light that shines the farthest shines brightest at home. The light that shines the farthest shines brightest at home. And so it's important that you build the home and get it full of what needs to go out. And so Jesus said, you have freely received, now freely give, right? But first we have to receive All that he's doing before we have something to give away. You can't give something that you don't have. And so the Lord is, he's given us this idea, this strategy. Sorry, not idea, it's a strategy. We thought when we were coming here, that, like we know that God's called us to do church and region and so I thought when we came here, we're going to have this dual thing going on. At the same time, we're going to impact building a church, and we're going to impact the region. And, and some of that's happened, but it didn't take us long to realize that it takes all your efforts to take care of a newborn baby. Like you can't have a newborn baby, and then try to go do all the other stuff, and that baby get what it needs. But what the Lord showed us is that actually in the big picture, the, the best that we're going to be able to make an impact in the region is to do home first and get it in a good place where heaven's coming in and we're seeing heaven build the foundations and build the family, build the walls, and that we're raising up revivalists in a healthy family that can then we can overflow, we can give away something that we actually have. So we're working diligently on trying to build the home in this season. That's what we've been focusing on. And I believe that, we're, that God's preparing us for greater things ahead, okay? But we've got to do now well. We can't skip to the later if we don't do the now well. Does that make sense? So we've been trying to do the now well, the best that we can. And I just want to speak to the regions thing. When we first moved to Reading in 2009, um, we, went, we got to go to a, a pastor's prayer meeting at Bethel. We got invited to that. And a guy prophesied to me. He said, he said I see you as a man of regions. A man of regions. And that word really pro- was pronounced in my spirit. Because God had told me that before that. But he said this. And then over the nine years we've been there, I couldn't tell you how many times people have prophesied to us, God's calling you to regions. Not, not just to go pastor a church, but to a region, having a regional impact. And when I was going into my third year internship with Steve Backlund, he brought me in because he was trying to create a new kind of a position in his internship program, and guess what he called it? Regional Catalyst. And he asked me to do that, to, to come in there to be what he called a regional catalyst so I could so I could adopt a region that God puts on my heart and, and build a focus for it so I could start building relationships with pastors and leaders in the region. Guess what region God called us to focus on? Great Lakes region. And you remember I said that the reason he, he put that in our heart was because back when I was a youth pastor in the 90s, God was giving me encounters where he's giving me visions i saw a map of indiana and fire broke out in the middle and then it just kept growing and growing it became wildfires growing out in every direction and it was a mighty move of god and the lord had promised me revivals come into this area and so when steve asked me to pray about what region to focus on it was because the lord kept reminding me that revivals come into central indiana and it's going to grow And I want to be a part of that. Come on. So when the Lord's giving me these downloads and he's calling us to come plant a church, like it's not just to plant a church, but it's to actually become, I believe, a lighthouse in the region that we're going to grow into. I believe it. I believe we will grow into greater influences. And it's not just so that we can have people know our name on the Internet and sell books and tapes. All right. Great if we do that. I hope that we don't do tapes because <laughs> that's, that's all great, but we're not, we're not coming here just to try to become the next mega church or whatever. We're trying to build kingdom, trying to build a family, but we want, to, we want to grow this thing into something that can be a blessing to the region around us. And so we've got to do it well at home first so that we have something to give away. God's building something greater than what you can see with your natural eyes. Amen. And even when you come to, you know, things like 2020, <laughs> you know, and, and COVID and and riots and right. it, like <clears throat> inflation and almost an economic collapse in a nation and all the stuff that cause other church some churches to shut down and, and and people lost their way with their callings and stuff and we're like but God but God but God I know what you showed me is coming and this does not agree with that so I don't agree with this I'm gonna press through this stuff and we're gonna see you show up and he's been doing it every step of the way come on so I believe that there's more coming But we've got to press in. And guess what? It doesn't happen by Jessica and me pressing in. It happens by us together. Pressing in. Amen? Because we can only go so far as an individual, but as a corporate, you know, what does it say in the Old Testament? Probably Deuteronomy. Can't remember. One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put... 10,000 to flight so it's not just doubling up it's actually creating compound interest and that's how the body of Christ works and when the Lord helps everybody to capture the promises and the vision of what he's doing and we come together in unity and we all put our yes on this thing together in unity that's compound interest and momentum builds and we can crush through anything that comes against us and I want you guys to believe with me dare to dream that God has great things in store for us. Great things. But it's going to take us all saying yes I'm going to put myself into this I'm going to even pay the price with you we're going to pray and we're going to intercede and we're going to declare prophetically the promises the Lord gave us. We're going to fight the good fight of faith by by the prophecies of the Lord Amen? You guys, you feel like you're catching my heart with this stuff? There's more (laughs) Boo-rah Yes. Well, praise God, because the Lord told us that we have to possess the land that he has given to us as an inheritance. We have to possess it. That means we, you, you don't just, the, the Israelites didn't just, um, they didn't receive the inheritance by, by coasting along and just letting Moses do everything. And then Joshua. All right? It took all of them to go in. Okay? It wasn't Joshua's word for Joshua, it was Joshua's word for a nation. And Joshua didn't fight the battle of Jericho on his own. Okay? It took all of them coming together and putting their yes on this, saying, I'm in with you, we're, we're behind you, we're going to do this in agreement, we're going to follow your lead, trusting that God's on this. And I just want to tell you guys, I know not everybody in here is necessarily called to overflow church, but I think most of you are, at least in this season. And I just want to say, like, God has great things in store for us, but part of the responsibility is yours <laughs> to help us to get there. We've got to do it together. But the inheritance is for you. And one of the things that Bill taught this last week on Wednesday was like the, the promises of God are, they're yes and amen, right? But he also said that God is not responsible for your potential being met. You have potential. Who's responsible for you to meet your potential? It's you. So you, you can have the promise of the Lord and, and be passive and you'll probably get a little bit. But you have to press in and apprehend for the more. To to grow to the furthest points of potential. But your potential is far greater than anything you know. And us together as a church, it's collective, corporate potential. And I saw a city. I saw a city. And I want to get there. But it's going to take us together, coming together, and making this thing happen. You guys hear my heart? I'm trying to rally the troops right now, if you haven't guessed that. Why not you guys stand with me? Mm. Thank you, God. God, I thank you, that, Lord, that, that you have great promises for us, greater than we see with our eyes. I thank you, Lord, that not only... You're, you're not given promises of things that you've just fathomed up in your head that you hope you do. Lord, your promises are ones that you've already accomplished in heaven. And you're just waiting to see us apprehend it. To grow into it and to lay hold of it. I pray right now, in the name of Jesus, that you will continue opening the eyes of our spirits to be able to see the things that you see and to to hear the things that you're saying, Lord, and that we'll see, Lord God, the promises that you've given to us as yes and amen to you. They're already done. But to us... We still have the responsibility of possessing it, and so I, I, pr- I ask you, Lord, to to deposit, Lord, impart to everybody the 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 vision of the more, and a sense of I have an important part in this, and I can I can help make this thing happen, Lord, I pr- I, the, Lord, that you're giving people, where well, you're giving us all responsibility. And even our guests who, this isn't their home, we don't have to, we're not calling them into the overflow thing, but you've got something for them too. Lord, with, where, with the mission of the house, you're calling them too. But I pray that you'll help us collectively to come into a greater unity of vision and heart for what you're doing, because boy, is it exciting ahead of us. Boy, is it exciting. Who wouldn't want to be a part of making that happen? <laughs> like the, the today's pains are for tomorrow's breakthroughs. It's worth it. It's more than worth it. Lord, I ask you to just put destiny in the spirit of every person in here. God, that that you you have greater results ahead for everybody who will press in, greater than we've ever seen. God, we're believing for revival. We're believing to see the body of Christ rise up and become the glorious, beautiful bride. Lord, we're expecting to see moves of God that shake the natural world, that shakes the nation in the name of Jesus, God. We're we're believing that You'll surround us with fire and Your glory will dwell in our midst, God. We're believing, Lord, that the miracles will will break forth in our lives, in our church, in our in our city, our region, in our families. Miracles breaking forth in the name of Jesus. We're believing, Lord, for great things. Great things. We we believe, Lord, for a billion soul harvest. We believe, Lord, for a billion soul harvest on this earth in in the in the season that we're in and coming into. Believing for it. Hallelujah. I want not you guys quote, just, just repeat this after me. We claim Indianapolis, for Jesus. We claim, Indianapolis for, Jesus. We claim for Jesus. we claim Carmel for Jesus. We claim the surrounding cities for Jesus. We claim, the for Jesus. We claim Indiana for Jesus. We claim, we claim the Midwest for Jesus. We claim the United States for Jesus. We claim, Jesus. We claim, this, world Jesus. We claim this world for Jesus. Use me. Use me. Let, me Let me be a key part. I lay my life down to you. Down to you. For your purposes. For your purposes. I'm, a, I'm a part of what you have ahead. Anoint me. me. Fill my heart with your passion. passion. Let me see your vision. Let me see see my potential. Let me me never settle for less. Let me me see the potential of the corporate vision. And that I have something to do with that. Hallelujah. Give God a shout. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm excited. (laughs) I want you guys to see what I've seen so that you'll never go back.